0: Thanks for doing this, mate. Appreciate
1: it. No, that's all right. Um, like I say, it was a bit. When you get to see things back on like um, social media and stuff, it's good to just have to look and go. Oh, I remember that, and then get the kids in and go. Ah,
0: look, see.
1: <laughs> Where are you these days, then? I'm now at Lincolnshire. I'm mean, um, in somewhere called Sleaford, just outside Lincoln.
0: Oh, okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. I don't
1: know if you know it or not. It's a bit small, but um, there yeah, it's nice and quiet days rather than um, say the bustle of cities now.
0: Taking it back then, Gavin, like, obviously from Manchester, like, how did you end up at
1: City? Well, um, like I say, first I started off in School of Excellence. I didn't start football when I was a kid for, until I got into, just before I went to secondary school. Then most people started when about six, seven or whatever. I just played in the streets and then we went, just before I went to secondary school, um, my Sunday club, we I just joined, had a scout was with Man City, Man United school of excellence so i ended up going there for a bit and then just before assigned school boys man city came in for me and then um so i did school boys with man city they then have a um did that for a couple of years and then um they've got like a contact with because i weren't getting kept on after that i don't think so and um, they said um do you want me to put you well, ask a few clubs who we know and then uh, do a few trials and stuff and see if you want to carry on footballing or not. And um, so I we went, well, can okay, I let's do a trial? And Hull was one of them. So um, I went for a trial at Hull and um, yeah, I managed to um, impress somebody. So uh, yeah, Simon and YT pretty much straight away.
0: Okay, how old were you at that point?
1: 16.
0: Right, okay, because I mean, I'm reading here, you ended up playing when you were 16. So
1: Exactly, that's why. Yeah, it was a bit of a... Sh- Culture shock, it was a bit of a whirlwind. So, yeah, I think um, the person who was watching was um, Bernard Ellison, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah. And his assistant was um, Billy Leg. Tom, I saw that actually um, speak to Billy leg now and then on Facebook. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I said, he said, I challenged the keeper or jeff lee was watching as well i think at the time and i challenged the keeper and weren't scared of going in so he went right i will have him (laughs) so (laughs) he said so so we did it that way
0: okay and obviously like a difficult season to join um were we kind of fighting relegation as soon as you started playing really
1: yeah pretty much it was um and and because we're only a yt so you're basically just looking at say getting in just growing basically so you're just learning and in, getting into a new club and first time you're at a football so-called professional football club um so yeah just getting too used to that but also in the background you've got um financial issues and yeah like I said the, the club looking at relegation it's it, yeah it was a bit of a eye-opening put that way it <laughs> starts the football because then you know exactly how the bad things are so when good things come then you appreciate it more yeah yeah
0: and then i'm all right in saying your first game was actually against coventry who were premier league at the
1: time in the cup yeah um so i didn't i didn't play too much of the um youth youth team games um because i pretty much straight away went into the um the reserves team um and then i sort of did well in there and then yeah the put me on the bench. And then then I came on uh, uh, and told me I was going to Coventry. I was in the squad. So usually in the squad, you look at, you you do the kits and you look at the people's boots, put the kit out and help the kit man, basically. I didn't think I was going to be in the squad. And then he said, all right, no, you're gonna be on the bench. So that was a bit of a shock. And then actually coming on and yes, a nice introduction to um, uh, Williams, I don't know his last name, uh, first name, I think. So Williams, his elbow into my back going up for a header so yeah i thought this is the time we've made it yeah welcome to football
0: oh is it paul williams
1: paul williams that's yeah, it yeah 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 so because i won the first one and he went oh i'm not having that again yeah. <laughs> and then that was it and it's just come straight through the back of me the next time so yeah
0: so how did the likes of terry dolan and jeff lee compare to the coaching you'd had before kind of thing
1: uh well at City, um it was only like say it weren't full-time coaching, so it's it was like three times a week and then you play the game, I sort think of thing as a schoolboy, And it was um Colin Bell but be so you know, it wasn't too bad a introduction. Um to, and before that at School of Excellence at Man City, at United, sorry, it was um Nobby Styles, sorry. all ah, right right. Yeah, exactly. So Nobby Styles was doing the um School of Excellence there, and then at Man City it was Colin Bell. So the <laughs> two very good players great players basically so um no it was it was i it was it was, yeah, it was just like I say it was all new to me and it was just getting used to it and that was say my first club so i didn't really have anything really to fall back on and i just thought that's how it was and we did a lot of running <laughs> a lot of fitness work and as you gradually go on in your career and you see things you know you knew why they did that but at the time I, it was like oh can't just do something else. It was like, so yeah, it was, yeah, a lot of running at the time and um a lot of people complaining, but <laughs> it, it, they, they were sort of starting, it was a new changing of the way people trained. So more new technologies and new advice was coming in. So things were changing anyway. It's more like sports science was starting to come into it. So it was slightly just before that. So, yeah. Well, you know, you're playing,
0: semi regularly during that season like how long were you kept on uit contract
1: i was literally the, just that one season i had one season at my and then i started playing towards the halfway towards yeah, halfway through towards the end in the first team and then um yeah i decided on a professional contract um when i was turned 17 so the year later and who were you playing up front with did you start with dina um well linton brown was there as well wasn't he um yeah. So, yeah, when I did come on and um, Dino was off and on and then and they say Lenton-Brown. And, and then when I actually signed my contract, um, I think they bought Dwayne Derby. So um, it was me and Dwayne up front um, as the tag team, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah good, good partnership in the end.
0: Standout games. One that stands out probably for the wrong reasons is that
1: Bradford game with the
0: riots. I mean, how are you reacting to that as a 16, 17-year-old?
1: Yeah, um, like I say, I was just got into the side, so um, I was still buzzing anyway. And then what they did at the beginning, the, um, the police decided to um, change where the home supporters were for the because um, the Bradford um, supporters were bringing quite a lot. So they decided to move all the home fans from the, I can't remember the big stadium, what's the big stand?
0: Yeah, they put them to into the south stand, didn't they?
1: Yeah, the stand. So they moved them to the um, supermarket stand, and because the other the other side of the pitch was pretty much derelict, so they were caught that was gone. um So yeah, that when because so once you've walked out and warming up, you sort of run into the side where you think your home fans are, and no, oh, no, they're not. They're this side. So that sort of started everything off it was a bit of a change then so the fans were happy that they got moved and yeah so but that that for a game and the atmosphere was yeah, the best one really and still probably the best experience in the, in the game yeah
0: Okay alright so in terms of atmospheres it's it's right up there
1: Well with that one, just because of what they did and they changed everything and then plus it was like say I'm still young and then when the game starts and I scored the goal the first goal as well I'm like this can't get any better really but as soon as that happened you've you seen the fans then come on the pitch and celebrate and try to go to the their home side and taunt the Bradford fans and then you got the police coming on on with the horses and stuff so they go off and then it, it happens again and someone else who scores I think they equalise then don't they mm. and then the Bradford um, fans come on the pitch and <laughs> tries to get over to the Whole side, so yeah, that was the whole game. Just it just made it, yeah. And plus, it was like um, made in the news and TV and everything. So yeah, no, it was a good. It was a good atmosphere to play in. Good game to play in. When you're playing edgy things like that, it it brings out a bit more, and they do stick in your stick in your mind. And yeah, and that was probably the, the one of the best ones.
0: Um, can't imagine you played in many stranger games than that in your career. To be
1: fair no no and like say to have it so early on as well um it's just what was riding on it as well because Bradford needed to win to to go up didn't they so it was literally that's what they yeah what made the day and then the, what, what the police did and and what the club decided to do given the like say the bad fit for Hans the home side it was yeah yeah very eventful
0: <laughs> and we've kind of skipped over your your first goal really um it says it's sort of home to Bristol City. Uh, came in a defeat, but must have been a big moment for you personally.
1: Um, it was, and I just um, and you you missed me I'm about having a talk. And I had a quick look. It's good to see. Um, I think it was Tigers TV. Um, had a, have a bit of archive, and uh, which is quite good. And so I watched it back, and from what I remember, I was a lot higher, and it it sort of came down and flipped. But yeah, it was a bit lower then. But yeah, I did mishead it, <laughs> and it come off my shoulder, and it w- just went in. So I do remember that day. Um that, but, uh, like, I say, because when I, I've headed it, and I've just gone, wow, lucky that went in, and I'm just about to run back, and i thought, oh wait, we lose it, we <laughs> better <I> get <laughs> the ball, <laughs> and, and then and got it back. So no, that that was great. And some of the uh, like, I say, the YTs, who obviously I was still one of them. And they've seen me do that and, and everything. No, it was good. The banter was it was good and there were good times.
0: So at that point, still, you've still got like your YT duties and everything, even though you're playing in the first team.
1: Yeah, uh, but I didn't have two bad ones, really. It was um um was about two of us or three of us clean, cleaning out the uh, away dressing room, what we were changed in. And I also used to do the shop because of the supermarket round the corner and people used to travel in. Um, from just outside Hull. Um, when you're coming in the morning, the pros get can get breakfast and whatever, so we used to send someone to the shop and I was one of them who, who did that. So them two, weren't too back, you used to get, oh, keep the change and stuff like that. So others people have, like, say, your boots and cleaning more of this, the stadium, which probably you won't be able to do now because um, of health and safety and everything. But, yeah, my own one weren't too bad went too bad.
0: Were there any other players in the youth team at that point that were getting, you know, uh
1: into the first team kind of thing? Um just I think there was the one just before um was Paul Fewings. Oh of course yeah um he was um the main one who were who was the year before before me um he's one at that time I can't think too many more in that era but no, after me was that De- um, was it Dexter because he followed me because so I think what Dexter Blackstock to follow
0: as oh, a Dexter Tucker,
1: Tucker yeah Blackstock Blackstock because I played with Blackstock as well but um, yeah Dexter Tucker was supposed to be replacing me. This that's the reason why Mark Haley decided to sell me. And but I think the real reason was that Mark Haley was obviously, obviously he's a striker, and I'm the striker as well. So if, obviously position wise you don't really want so if you can make him some money at the time as well let's say with the I think we just changed ownership then but with the financial stuff and everything and to bring in his own people because he's just he just came um, I think it was more likely me leave rather than and they got like say someone's coming up and who they believe that could do things and and help because when you get there you you've still got like say first year pros are like just a bit bigger than the other YTs so um, they're the first on the it's when it's it's a different system to how it is now the academy system um, and the under 23s and, and all that so um, yeah you basically have three different squads um, with the youth team um, the reserve team and the first team and the the reserve team was mixed up of first year pros the youth team and the first team who tried to get back fitness and stuff like that so um yeah when the people who were in that one were like say uh, paul grice um which was i think he came from york i think they got him from he was a like say a good ball playing midfielder um plant um at the back center half and Gav Haig was another one of them um, but yeah you also had uh, Roy Carroll who was in there and I think um, the emergence of him um, getting into the first team and then subsequently going to um, um, getting sold to Wigan I think it was wasn't it so I think that helped the club stay afloat for a, a bit and um, stave off the closures but um, say so he wasn't quite enough was it at the time but um yeah i do think that uh, especially about like, roy carroll with the way he got into the side and then like i said i think they also the salon clauses i think the muscle had a salon close with they didn't they missed out on something there because he went to man united after that didn't he? so
0: was he similar to you when he got in the first team
1: yeah you know, but like i said he we, we was about i think a year older so um we sort of I'd say he spent a lot of time outside of the, the, the game as well. Um,
0: he's a bit of a character, apparently.
1: He is, yes. He, he's chilled out a little bit now. but um, At the time, we were a kind of mad Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, he was... Um, yeah, and that's what keepers are, though, aren't they? they? They go for silly balls when at people's feet, die at people's feet. So, have to have a bit of craziness to be there. So, be one of them but no i think um, then that, that was that was the, the one I, I missed mainly but um, yeah least i think him um did did help the club and um, especially if you like say i think they did have a set up close and, and his progression and his career so i think that really did well
0: yeah is it someone you've kept in touch with or anything
1: um, from afar um because i think he's back in Ireland now i think he set up his own um, um co- coaching company so um sp- um, goalkeeping um, coaching so and he's also I thought he was with um, Ireland, Northern Ireland at some point doing coaching there as well um, so yeah and no, I think he's done well he's done well with his career we, we sort of try and like say we did, with the squad we had it our UT we sort of do meet up and when we can do we've met up the three, about three or four times now so uh, yeah we do we do try and keep in touch like I said and meet up when we can
0: you hear and read stories about Mark Hatley, like um, heard from Richard Peacock about when he started him himself in the Newcastle game and I think he did the same in the Palace game away, which obviously comes up the expense of the likes of you um, did you feel it was warranted that he was doing that?
1: Yes yes especially the Newcastle one because um, like I say we were training beforehand and everything everything was fine um, and then all of a sudden got up there and then they go, Oh, by the way, you're not in the squad today. So um you're you're gonna be starting to stand basically. So uh, you just howl apart in the club and you, you didn't have an inkling before that. Uh, and then all of a sudden that happens, and you're just sitting there, you're going, Ah. As a young age, you're thinking, yeah, something, no, that, that 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 went right. Something something went right because one minute you you're involved in the squad and everything, nothing as soon as he comes in, and then all of a sudden, then you go, then you go. As and then and, and as the football club, you then talk, and the ones who are not in the team talk and about what's going on. And yeah, I think we, we pretty much came up with that um, same point of yeah. I think he's helping himself to uh, say he's a player coach, isn't he? So you you're gonna pick who you believe who it is, really, who you should be playing. So, But uh, to be honest, his assistant, Billy Kirkwood, he did help me and, and he did talk and he did pull me aside and he did try and smooth things over and everything. But I sort of knew from that point on that, yeah, I think my time was a bit numbered, I think.
0: he didn't do a lot for City as a player, Mark Hirtley. I think he scored one or two penalties, but I think his time had been done at that
1: point, I think. I think you could tell, especially in training, um, you it was stiff <laughs> as i say it was it was quite it was quite you could tell that his body was reacting to his career um and his it was getting very much towards the end of it and um he had his own ideas and like I say um you can't because somebody who's trying a thing and he he, he tried but um obviously it didn't quite work in a, in a way he probably thought it would do it did actually bring in some good players who who got to? I got to play with my, one of my heroes, like I said, um, which was um, David Rolcastle. So um, I used to watch him growing up and that, and to actually see him train with him and actually come on the pitch with him, it was something I, like to say, I would never forget. And then not too long ago, that unfortunately he passed away, didn't he? So um, yeah, no, it was good to actually um, find out players like that. And, and, and Glenn Hodges as well, when he brought him in, he was when you play with them sort of that quality and that sort of players it you can do things and you make a run what you would normally do all the time and nobody would find you or sometime you'll not see you they would like say especially Glenn, you just sort of just pinged one straight up and it's and it's then it's down to you because the ball's perfect for you so if your touch is poor or you're then isolating and saying right well come on you need to be better than that so that's it, it brings out the better player in you when you play with quality players like that.
0: Just going back to when you first got in the first team, are there certain players that take you under the wing kind of thing? Was there some good characters in there?
1: Yeah, especially that first one. Um, I saw some things on the bus what I'm, I can't now not see. <laughs> I can't forget, but I also won't say a lot of things I saw. But uh, yeah, it was a bit effort when you've got, like, say, the likes of, um, um oh my gosh, um, L- Linton Brown and Dean Windass especially them two together it's yeah some some crazy antics went on but yeah at the same time they when it comes to match when it comes to the matches and um um Michael Quigley um was from Man City actually um just before me so he was up there and he talked to me about things and getting into the side and showing me how things are and then Warren Joyce came and yeah it's they, they, they do, and that's what the benefit. Then they know when you're young and what raw talent you you may have or you may not have, and they try and improve you and they try and help give you some advice to improve yourself. And like I said, looking back at the games, you can tell I was quite raw and you just head down, run like I had this chicken sort of thing. And as you progress and you see you you your career progress, you sort of slow down and you try and make better choices and yeah that only comes with experience and if you listen to the people around you and to try and get you there quicker than being a a cocky youngster trying to think right you know it all i think that takes longer to try and settle in so i was always the one who listened i'm a bit of a shy person so um yeah it, it, it was it was good to have them there to try and help you
0: and then you mentioned the start of your second season um in the third division and to end derby coming along. So were you his strike partner at the beginning of the season then?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I was uh I was yeah, that's how that's how this um Ferry sold it to us and, and said, right, okay, this this, this is how he's gonna go and we'll look to build from use and and um no, it was it started off quite well, I think, and then injury hit, which was um, a bit of annoying for me. Um but yeah, um, when he came in and I think we, let's say we, he was a 23, I think it was at the time. So time. And he'd been at a few other clubs, so he had a bit more experience than me. But now he came, he kept, we talked a lot and, and, we, and we seemed to get on. And we get on, got on the pitch well, so it seemed to work. So.
0: Going from that Bradford of Graham straight into that Darlington game at home when he scores a hat-trick, obviously a much better feeling around the club.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you come in like that and you score, I go through three goals straight away. And it's, yeah, you feel confident. You feel like be able to do something this, this season and and maybe not say go straight back up or just to maybe playoffs consolidate because of the way things were changing and things in the background and everything. But yeah, that's my first time hitting about well, getting injuries and, and having to deal with that and unfortunately that then started my career of managing injuries unfortunately um because I was a I wouldn't say pacey player I was I was quite quick um that was one of my strengths once you start losing that well since you start when you start getting an injury with that then the confidence drains a bit with um, thinking oh was it going to go again or was it so, and, and that's what then starts playing on your mind and having to deal with that one as a youngster is pretty hard, which I found, which when you look back after your career, once you finished, you know that that had a bit more impact than what you thought it did at the time.
0: And what injury was it? Because here it says he scored against Mansfield in the October and then didn't play again till January. Was it in that game you picked up an injury?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I was just flat out spinning for a ball and then my hamstring decided to ping... And I literally just like someone shot me and I stopped. I just fell. <laughs> because I couldn't move. And then at first when I when I got back to the change rooms, he went, um, the physio had a look and I went, Oh, so it's, right, it's a bit of cramp. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Yeah. That just shows it's the, sort of, the time and everything. So I was like, well, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well,
0: even though like your legs but, killing,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um I put a bit of ice in it and then um waited for the then spending to settle down a bit, so it's cramped, but it's got swelling. But never man, so we settled it down, and then we tried. Um, I tried something. I think a couple of days after, and very quickly I thought, no, there's something wrong here. And then we had a proper check, and yes, it was my hamstring. And then yeah, then I managed. I was out for about three months. Yeah, like you said, for about three months, wasn't it? So doing weights and building up every other bit of my body. Came back, started playing again, I think. And then my the other one went over Hamstring. Oh, right. so, And then that's how it then started, this alternative. I, I think at the time, I think the treatment and everything, and everything combined with the what they know then and what they know now. And it could have been a bit better to then help me prolong my career. But um, yeah, I think it started off badly. So it then, uh, yeah, didn't last long.
0: Um, you know, I've seen how you managed to get some goals in winning games um, during the rest of that season that you are playing pretty regular? Were you able to, like, get a run of form?
1: Not as what I, when I first got into the side and that feeling of enjoyment and thinking, right, okay, I'm going out here and I, I'm more likely to well, we'll try and score a goal. Here. That sort of confidence. Uh, then, like like I said before, um, you have a, a bit of doubt whether you can actually get through the game. And then I started trying thinking that, Wow, well, I managed to get through that game without getting injured rather than thinking about, right, how can I influence this game and how can I help the team score or whatever? And that's what I started thinking wise, just getting through the games. And, and that's, like I said, that was a bit of hindsight afterwards when I finished playing football, because I finished quite early. Um, You then look and go, ah, well, that, them impacts were quite a lot and you yeah, like I say, I can't be, I can't not what I actually done in the game. Cause I started quite early in the game, but I have, I did finish early as well. So I managed to do what I wanted to do and I probably didn't fulfill my talent completely, but, um, I managed to get almost all there.
0: You know, talks about the troubles and, you know, the fans thoughts on Terry Dolan and the ownership at the time. I suppose it must have just become the norm for you, but, um, how do you remember, like Terry Dolan's reaction to to all the crowd and everything on all the process?
1: When I first when I first got there, you could see the sort of confidence and the the relaxness in him at first, and then you can gradually saw the the pressure telling. Um, so you you would listen to some of the interviews, or you would see him on the way he was around the training ground or on the training pitch. Then you say right, okay, you sort of noticed that yeah, there's a bit more issues going on. And then when, as a youngster, you could usually get there first as a YT to then get everything ready for the day's training or you could, you start your, yeah, you have to get everything ready first before you start as a YT training. Um, And then we got there early in the morning and um, I can't remember the actual date, but we got there and um, the gates were locked. And you go, oh, right, but no one told us that, oh, the gates are going to be locked or anything. So you're like, oh, right, so what do we do here then? <laughs> so we actually be locked out of the ground or anything. So that that's when you know the financial aspects of what the, what was happening at the club was serious because literally they closed the club, the club up and we couldn't get in. So um, I think the sale of um, Dean Windass to Aberdeen was the one what helped um, keep the club going for a bit m- more than probably what it would have been previously. Hmm.
0: And I mean, are you as like a, a squad of players, are you kind of itching for a change in ownership and manager? Can you let like, remember how he felt at the time?
1: The older players um pretty much did um because you at, at, at that age you sort of just going along because i'm I, i'm i think he's great because he brought me and he played me when i was 16 and i think they, they were great managers in, in my eyes at the time and then you sort of listen to what the older players are saying so they do have an influence in the in your in your dressing room and and um yeah you, you then you start to see probably the decision making of what of what um, Terry started doing and then like I say the interviews and yeah, then you, yeah, you, you start to see the pressure um, so it does have a big impact and I'd like say the, the chairman and and then you see the chairman a bit more now and then chairman starts coming down you don't really see the chairman and then so I always thought oh well, the chairman always comes down and has a chat and, but you don't <laughs> and so yeah you could tell the, the pressure was ramping up and you knew that something was going to happen And in the end, it did need a change to um, try and stop what was inevitable, really, and no club, where it seemed.
0: And we've had a couple of players on, I think Richard Peacock and Steve Wilson said, initially, everything seemed quite professional under Mark Haley. Is that how you remember it?
1: Yeah, like I said, um, him and Billy Kirk, Billy Kirk was the... uh, I seem to uh, got on a bit better with what because um, he he talked more. Um, uh, Mark Hayley came in and he was just <sighs> short sharp really. Didn't really say much because he well not to me anyway because obviously I'm I believe that because I was in his position. So he thought he might what he might have done in normal any other football if someone's in your position you want to you're competing against them. So you're not going to give them everything. Um, so I just took it as that sort of thing. But Billy, because Billy was the one who, who explained everything and um, sort of tried to keep the team spirit. And, um, but yeah, they came in with all these ideas and explained the ideas, what they're going to have. And let's um, say the recruitment of what they, the people that they brought in um, and the quality of the people they brought in as well I'm um, alone and, you you were thinking right okay um, let's see where this will take us, but as a personal thing, then you then feel yourself um, getting frozen out. Um, at first, you may, if you if you I don't I can't think I don't think I was injured at the time, at that on that period. So I was you know that you're not gonna get you're getting a chance in in the way the training went and the squads you were in and and if not in and. And then they've got saying, oh, yeah, we've got such and such coming up in the background. So little hints started coming out with me um, personally that, right, it's probably oh, time to go, it's time to leave. And because I think that's that was me ending my contract that year, or there was another year on top of it. So I knew that either I was going to move on to somewhere else or at the end of the season. Um, and that's what I'm, my mind, my, my, uh, quite early on, uh, that's how my, my my mindset started going. Just the way the comments and stuff he had made and and how it was to me. So um, yeah, it started off great. It started off like it was a professional club. He tried to get everyone to wear suits, like he was at Rangers at the time. And he tried to turn the club that way. But when you're in League Three at the time, three, three, I think it was, and then I think it was a bit too quick what he to, to try and implement and the quality of players he probably couldn't get his ideas to them and and like I said I left halfway through that season so I didn't see how it progressed in the end firsthand but yeah it obviously didn't work did it so
0: no, no but you're still scoring goals I think you've scored in your last appearance for us but did you still know that you, that probably wasn't going to be enough to keep you
1: yeah, I, I did not know. That. I think what well, things. Well, like I, say, I keep going back to the training and the training pitch, and that that's what I remember because it's quite a long ago now, and that's the main thing I remember. It when it didn't feel like I was a part of anything in it, and that's that's that was a shame because, like I say, I, I felt like I was just starting to go because I was in. I think the season before, like I say, I was in um one of the players to watch and when they used to do these things in the papers and stuff like that. And I felt confident and thinking, right, okay, how do I establish in how I establish myself in this side now and how do I push on and yeah, and then when a new manager comes in, it, yeah, it, it feels a bit deflated when you don't feel the same as what the previous manager did. And yeah, it was a bit hard to take it at the time and I, yeah, I didn't know it was gonna be moving on.
0: Yeah, when it comes to moving, um, do you have an agent at that point? Are you kind of trusting the club in terms of what's coming in?
1: Um, no, I don't have an agent. Um, but the PFA has started um giving a bit of um I think they have an access it had an access to a a agent base. I think they had an apartment in there. So I went with them. Um, and to, to handle if I had to move anywhere or if I had to do anything. And yeah, so um, that's what I did. I, I went with them and I heard rumours, cause I think we played Lincoln um, early on in the month before I left. Um, and uh, there was rumours saying that how they, they wanted to um, sign me. And I was like, right, okay. I don't know much about this John Beck I'll see when we play them. How the play and I remember noticing that everyone was quite tall and big and strong and they had a certain way of playing and I thought right okay all right it'll be interesting if they do and yeah about a month later then um yeah that, it all went through and just told me that I was well time to go basically didn't really get much much of a choice and so I went down for talks and um, had a chat and like I say first time I've done all that and um um, the agent was Colin Gibson. he He's about a villa, um, right back and stuff. So we had a bit more experience, and then he explained things well to me. And yeah, and yeah, we we talked and got um, sorted a deal out.
0: Were they in, in the league above at that point, or did they get promoted no, that season?
1: No, the same. It was the same, the same league. and ah, then okay. The once it moved, the rest of that season, that's when they then got promoted, and they went up and all stayed in League three.
0: Okay, So what was that like? Uh, did you play a role in getting promoted,
1: obviously? Well, yeah, when I first, my first game, I managed to score my debut. And then I think I scored about three games in, what took him to the top of the league at the time, which was, it was great, great feeling and everything. But with John Beck, you had a, a different training style completely to what um, was that whole city. When I thought we did a lot of running and fitness work at Hull, it soon changed. Come, well for, when, for what I needed to do on the pitch at Lincoln, you needed to be a lot fit. I thought I was quite fit. I th- you needed to be a lot fitter. So I've, I have basically blew out. So I was trying to do what they were doing in their training, plus trying to play them games. And, yeah, by, I think, just after Christmas, it was like, wow i am shattered <laughs> that was it i finished but um so yeah there was all the eventful stuff and yeah very much on the weights and creatine and supplements and yeah and i was doing the creatine wrong what they told me to do so i was taking too much of it so it, performances were like i was like i don't feel right i don't feel right going out onto the pitch and yeah it was a that's when well the start of sort of the sports science started coming in I had a little bit of of, of influence in, in going up then, and, but the majority of the squad who were already there then took it on once he got sacked, and then yeah, they managed to get promoted in the end, which was good.
0: Was there a few ups and downs with them as well? But kind of on a personal level, you were you were still scoring goals?
1: Yeah, and that, and that's again it was it was injuries because like I say I did blow get to a point, and then my body just. More, I got a hamstring injury again and then my body default rubbish and then I had a chat with the manager at the time at Lincoln because John Beck just got sacked and then the assistant took over with Phil Stant and um, yeah, the manager did, uh, the assistant thought he was um, a bit better than what he was at the time but he, he he got promotion so he was giving it right, you need to do this that, that for next season otherwise it's you know, I'm, I'd look to move you on sort of thing. That, that. So, yeah, I probably needed something like that. But once I got used to the training and got used to that, I, I, I thought I managed to kick on a bit and yeah, start going, right, OK, let's start thinking about how I want to do this football thing and how to progress in my career. And, yeah, once the assistant got sacked um, and the chairman took over, um, he put me back in the side and I was like, <laughs> And your actual owner of the football club puts you in the side. And then I was like, okay, I'm all right then for a bit. (laughs) Um, That was a bit of a weird one when you got the chairman actually managing the football club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another strange thing. So, yeah, I've had a bit of strange goings on in football in my career. But, um, (laughs) yeah, that was a bit of an alconor. What
0: was that like? They didn't know what it was on about or not really?
1: If... (laughs) It did and it didn't. It it was more of a fan. So you know, in the fan, you could say in the stand, oh, why don't you do this or why didn't you do that? It was more that and then Phil's stand would be more of the football coaching aspect of it and said, Look, this is what he means by and so it it was a bit weird that you didn't really have respect for him to um tell you how to then play 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 the game and what formation and whatever you used you you left that to Phil but as just the chairman just making decisions it's yeah it was strange it wasn't a, the norm and and i, and I know why other chairmen don't do that <laughs> I, think, I don't think it works in the end but i don't like again just like with terry dolan the chairman was great with me because he brought it back to the side so he saw something
0: the build-up to you getting a big move to cardiff um like at what point did you know that was going to happen
1: um, well, that start of that season, um, yeah, started off quite well and um, we were towing um, head, head to head with um, Brighton and Bobby Zamora was there at the time, I think. So I think I had um, about 11 or 12 by Christmas and he was about 13 or 14 or something like that. So we were, it was quite good and it, it felt, even though the team were at the, big, at the top, but um, they were trying to do, do stuff. Um, we had a good squad. We had a quite a decent squad. Um and that's what happens when you got a bit of confidence. Um when you go out to the pitch, you, you just feel that yeah, it's a it's a different feeling to it's hard to explain. to not having it. It's um you you go on and you you're thinking, oh I I can score, I, I am. So when you go in and one in three, I think it was I was like, oh, okay, I can I can see this, and then um yeah, rumours again with Lincoln, because they had financial issues as well. And they said, All right, okay, we're going to need to... I think um, I was in a, a piece in a Phil Stant's book. He wrote a book, a football book, and he talked about that period as well, about my, my selling me. And um, you think he was told that, right, we need to get rid of a few players to get some money in. And he said, right, okay, well, if a, a firm offer comes in Gavin can go, and Cardiff decided to, um, was looking for a new strike for some reason and went for me. And then I was told that, right, okay, Cardiff are coming for you. We don't want you to go, but you're going. (laughs) And that was it, so, uh, right, okay. And then just before Christmas it was, went down, stayed in the hotel, watched the game, um, had a meeting with the chairman, um, the chief exec and then the heads of the f- fan groups as well. All right. So that was another one. So I've gone in there, I've gone, right, okay, this is how this went like at Lincoln. I only had the meeting with the chairman. But yeah, I've got a whole lot of people in there. And so all oh, these have people had to like me before I, yeah, before we got signed on. And yeah, luckily they did. And, and then, yeah, I got you know, moved down there. Who was the manager for Cardiff at the time? It was Alan Cork. So Samerman was the chairman. Just uh, moved, right. I think. Just got the club, and then we brought in Alan Cork. And then, so yeah, Alan Cork was the um, the manager at the time. So
0: third division were they third division at the time? It was yeah, same all in the same. So I mean, that is a big transfer fee at the time, isn't it, for a third division team,
1: half a million? Yeah, they were they were literally getting and um, buying buying a whole new side to try and move, go to like I say the Premiership at the time when it just changed. So yeah, that's what they were doing. They had a plan. And um, I think I was about the fourth player in that plan because they bought people from like um, Arsenal, um, youthly team and West Brom as well, like Danny Gabidon and um, Reese Weston from Arsenal and already had Ernie there, Robert Earnshaw. So yeah, they had a good plans and. Because, uh, yeah, when we played them down there, I managed to score two goals against them at, at Ninian Park as well. So I think that caught their radar as well because they were looking for a striker. I think they were looking at my strike partner, Tony Battersby. But then I managed to get a couple there, but they won three, one in, three two in the end. Um, so that put me on their radar instead. And, yeah, they then, month again, a month later, they went through with it and got a sign him.
0: I've got a vague memory of you scoring against City at some point. Did that happen?
1: I did, yeah. I came back. Actually, I came back for Lincoln. And I was thinking, oh, how it's going to be? Because I didn't leave on poor terms. I got literally told to get out. And I come out and I think the fans booed me.
0: (laughs) I went, cheers.
1: It's probably because you're doing well. Yeah, well. And then, yeah, so did that went, okay fine so I played and then yeah, I managed to notch again and so <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of gloated a little bit <laughs> but uh, not too bad nothing too bad because I still knew people so I still went back to Hull so I know if I gloated too much um, things could badly happen to me if I went out there so um, yeah I sort of was just reminded that I, I could score but I just didn't play that many games that's all never mind yeah you got a couple more promotions under with Cardiff didn't you yeah yeah, no, that, those were good times. They were, um, I'd like say, we created a a good squad and an expensive squad. He did bankroll it. Um, that's why they had troubles after I left, after my contract ran out in 2004. Um, yeah, after that, I sort of came to a head out how much he actually paid to get them to where they were in the championship, and then um, yeah, he he had to leave abruptly. Oh, Man and. Yeah, but they got to the Premiership in the end, didn't they? And they did well.
0: Yeah, what was he like? Obviously, it sounds like he had a few misdemeanours over the years, but he's obviously known as being a bit of a character. What was he like to work with?
1: Yeah, he's I mean, like I say the the point where I think that Cardiff we played um, the FA Cup against Leeds, it was live on TV, didn't he? And um, a hot Cardiff, they got like a a wave sort of thing and the Artola where you you bounce and um, put your hands on your head and the chairman's walk at that time as another um the fans made it a grudge match so it was a sellout tv night game um atmosphere was ramped up and then i think you got- i remember it yeah yeah you got the chairman walking around inside inciting the fans just building them up just to get them even more and then we we start playing the game and obviously the fans going crazy and then Um, I think Hart had a throwing on the far side and he was just about to take it and a whiskey, you know, those small whiskey bottles flying past his head and he went, you could see it just draining his face that he didn't want to be there. And I think that's what made the the game and it's intimidated them basically and stopped them from playing. And and we managed to, yeah, just outwork them and um, got the goal. And got the two goals and they got one and yeah, it was a bit, because they were the top of the league at the time as well and everything. Got the big stars, um, Real Ferdinand, Vaduka, Smith. All oh, right, right, okay. Fowler, yeah. They were a good side and yeah, we managed to pick them off and yeah, move on.
0: Do you remember like a toughest to punt you first at Boothroyd Park maybe when you first started out?
1: Yeah, that that has to be the the Bradford game it was because like I say I didn't have many to compare it with and like I say sixteen year old coming on playing starting a game in that magnitude and with with that pressure yeah it was. I enjoyed it. It was great, and that's why it sticks in the memory. And I can still remember the day, and then and remember the, the atmosphere and how it felt, and just the craziness of the, the the police on horseback in the stadium coming on the pitch, sending fans back. It is, yeah. It was. You never, you never, you can't forget that. And it was, yeah. It was great.
0: Were there any like particular players for the opposition? You know, obviously, sixteen at the time. Would they kind of? Try and bully or get on your head.
1: Yeah, there was a few. Like, um I remember when we played Exeter away, Um I was <laughs> I got told to mark Noel Blake at a corner on a 16-year-old. Noel Blake's huge, big man. And I went, right, mark him. I think um, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Warren or someone said, Yeah, put your hand in his chest, get touched touch tight to him. So I put my hand on him and he went get your hand off me now. Um, (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) So that sort of thing is, that was a, that was the football then it was, it it was a lot more banter, a bit more joyful and right. I'm going to snap your legs or something like just messing, just to try and get into your head to try and get you off your game. And yeah, no, it was and like say with Williams and when he did it. So, um, um, yeah, that that's what it was, and and that's the atmosphere, and that's what you you want. That that's what football was for me, and um, I'm glad I got to do that. and Yeah, they, they were good times.
0: How do you reflect on on your time at City? Then, obviously, very formative years for you. Um, yeah, how do you look back on
1: it? No, it was great, great. I wouldn't change anything really. Um, moving home, moving from home, my first time away from home, um, living in digs. The first digs, what they put me in, weren't the best. <laughs> um, it was just around the corner. Um, it's supposed to be the best digs out of the lot. And <laughs> it weren't because we only had like bowls and the table. We weren't allowed to go in the cupboards. And when I literally had one bowl of cereal, we weren't allowed to have the box just in case <laughs> I had more than one, that sort of thing. So we sort of went, right, okay, we're not happy here. So the moved does, and it was great after that. But yeah, no, knowing the city and um, yeah, the people welcome welcomed me great and the squad we had and the youngsters we had was were good and we still speak now and then we do meet up on occasions when we can. And um yeah, it was great times and yeah, I wouldn't really change much. Probably I probably could have done a bit more work wise, but I could have got myself fitter quicker. But you only learn that as you go on and um maybe I would have lasted longer in the game But um yeah, that's the only thing really, just the, the fitness wise, I could have probably dealt with a bit better. But um other than that, it was it was been good. And what have you gone on to
0: do since since retiring from football?
1: Because it was a quite abrupt, um, it's when um if you remember the when the credit 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 crunch hit quite a while back. Okay. Two thousand and six. uh yeah, two thousand six. The um yeah, I didn't Luckily, I saved up a bit. So um, once I um, I got injured in 2006, got, um, I got I went to sign for Crawley. I was at Knox County and didn't get on with the manager. It used to be at Stoke. I forgot his name. Todd Johnson, God Johnson, or whatever his name is. Me and him got on, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, we turned out a contract halfway through that. I went to Crawley um, to play for a bit and I, got, I pulled my, my, my hamstring for the last time. Um, but it, it didn't pull in a normal place like it would, it pulled behind the knee and it just wouldn't attach back properly at all. So it just kept breaking down like, the thin part of the muscle. So it took me about two years to try and sort that out and, and eventually it didn't work. And so I stopped out for a year and then, yeah, I had my child, well, my, my second child, my daughter, and then um, I stayed on with her for that year. And I went, right, okay, we'll see what happens now. And if I can't go back, I'll I'll look to go in coaching or doing a business degree or whatever, do something. And then let's like say the credit, credit crunch hit. So I had to find a job quite quickly. And I got to be, a, I'm, I joined the post office. So I'm a postman at the moment. Um, so I did that for a bit because it was quite good. With the, it works with my partner's timings as well and everything. So I did that and managed, I stayed with it because it sort of worked. Um, But I I did try and did the coaching thing and the football thing, but where I'm based now it's a bit further out than where um, it probably would be beneficial for me to be at a club and do things. And so, um, yeah, I just stuck with that and did a bit of non-league stuff and um, found out that coaching probably went for me so I'm currently um um the vice chairman or acting chairman at the moment are uh, the former players of lincoln city former players so that's, that's what I do now in my spare time so i've been trying to help organise stuff with them and um promote that aspect it's more of a community based thing rather than working with the actual football club so which um i prefer to do i like to work with the people and try to help out in community and try and raise the profile of working with them. So that's what I'm currently doing at the moment.
0: So that's obviously the area that you've kind of got the most affinity with, kind of Lincolnshire
1: and Lincoln area. Yeah, so uh, once that's where my partner is from. Oh, right, okay. So once I had my children, um, one was in Cardiff. I had my son in Cardiff, and then we moved back up here when I went to Knox County, and I stayed just outside um, Nottingham. Just to, I can, so now an was commute. So I thought once my children are at the age of school age, I don't want to be the one of them people who move them around to different schools. And so I said, right, I'm going to base here. I will commute, and at least they'll have a steady standing to then start their life with and and do their stuff. And and it's a lot better place to bring up the children. It's than say somewhere like Manchester or the middle of the, yes, you get the big city and everything but i think it's a bit more quieter and a bit more safer for them here and but like the decision was quite good because there seems to be quite good children at the moment yeah, <laughs> <could> <laughs>
0: so, is lincoln kind of your team now is that the one the results you look out for
1: well man city is my actual first team because i actually watched more of their games with the school boys so if someone said who do you support it's man city um but yeah lincoln is my so, so-called second side now it's, because I do a lot more with them and promoting of what they do in the community and what they do in the pitch now. So um, yeah, there are more of people class as my my side now. Yeah, been doing all right recently, have not they? Yeah, they um they like say once they went down to the conference and um, they managed to get the right manager in, um, while well, the my managing teams. so the cowboys, to, yeah, yeah, to get them back to some sort of well, back to the league. Leader in now. So, yeah, and they had a great run with it and a profile and with the FA Cup and the running FA Cup and the, um, the league, not the league cup, the, um, I don't know what you call it because it was the LDV Cup at the time. we I don't know what cup that is. What, um, call it. what
0: is it now? It's Papa John's is it or Johnson Penn. Yeah.
1: So that cup, um, and when they, uh, won that, didn't they? So, um, yeah, that was a good ride and seeing how, the fans reacted in the in the city, and um, it's it's quite it's bigger than what you think it is, and it's well supported because you have got so many different villages and on the outskirts. It's quite a big county, so it does gravitate when the team does well. You get a lot of people at the ground, and who will sell out? And I think there was about twenty eight thousand at the um, at Wembley. So yeah, and there could have been a lot more as well. So it's not bad if they do well. So hopefully he'll continue and this manager can move him forward.
0: Yeah, it'd be good if Hull got him in the cup or something. It's always, well, I, mean, I think every way that it's in we seem to lose, but it'd be good to wear it now, I think.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm I'll, I'll, I'll still trying to get back to, um, actually, I haven't been to the new stadium yet, um, so I want to go and watch a game. I was trying to watch a game maybe with either Cardiff or Lincoln, like I said, because um, I think I was in a programme, one of them, they put half and half where half my, t- um, my history of the whole was time and half my history of the Cardiff side when they last played. And um, and I got the programme, they sent it to me, um, which was nice of them. So, um, yeah, I do want to go back and actually watch a game um, with hopefully two of the clubs where I played with. So, um, yeah, hopefully sooner or later um, I can do that.
0: I think there's a couple of programmes that City managed to get on the cover of. Did he get the piss taken out of a new 16 year old for that, or did we cut quite proud of it? Obviously,
1: no, no, it was quite good because um, I actually got a few man in the matches as well. So I still got the, um, used to get a glass and then he's got a tanker. So I've got loads <laughs> of little things and it's, it, they were good. It was good. It was good times. And um, I remember I've seen, I'll see online, you see one where I think i might like <laughs> that one in the summer and that was probably the first one. And yeah, it was good. It was I'm just starting my new hair and uh, it was, no, they were good times and like I said the banter really in the change rooms and we had a good good group of players um, young lads um, YTs like I said we still speak to now um, yeah it didn't give me too much um, grief but I was I, went, I, went, I was quite a paid um, YT at that time so I was one of the highest earners there so they, were, they had a bit more respect for me so it was quite good I could, at least I could come back that in that aspect <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah you'll never get that time. Thanks for listening to this episode of This Was Boothry Park. As always just like to give a quick shout out to those who made the research easy, including OnCloud7, TigerTube Player, Tiger Bass and Rich Garden's The Decade.